0: That's investher, H-E-R, H-E-R com promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Sure, their projected return on investment might be higher because they're putting in less money as an investment, but the risk is higher because there's higher debt servicing and so there's less margin for error.
0: Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
2: Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, James Null. James is joining us from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He is the founder of Mogul Realty Group and has over 300 units. James also organizes and hosts a popular investing meetup in Canada. James, thank you for joining us and how are you today?
1: Hey, I'm fantastic, Ash. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
2: The pleasure is ours. Before we get started, James, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I started buying and selling properties just as I was graduating university, started with single family homes, had a really successful initial run at that and decided to get my real estate license. From there, I was a realtor, grew my real estate practice, hired people and grew a team of real estate agents and upgraded my portfolio to commercial access as well. So I buy a lot of commercial multifamily. So nowadays in the real estate realm, we've got about 25 realtors across Western Canada that are a part of our team, mostly focused on investors. And we do everything from selling people single family and income properties to commercial to project marketing for condo developments. And then on the investor side, I'm choosy. I'm not aggressively acquiring properties, but I see cool deals all the time. And my most recent acquisition was a 24 unit building in Edmonton, close to where the metro line is under construction right now. So we felt that was a really great location. And The building itself had a very, very large lot with some additional land that could be used for a site for future development to maybe add an additional building to the property. So it all just made sense. And that's what we were targeting.
2: James, how many years ago was it that you started this real estate business?
1: I bought my first house in 2006, just as I was graduating.
2: How many years has it been since you started the realty firm?
1: I've been a licensed realtor since 2007, and I started the actual firm, the greater company now, at the beginning of
2: 2017. And you've got 25 realtors, and they focus on investors. Why focus on investors?
1: That's just always been our background. I love the real estate investing world. I'm an investor myself. As a result, it was a natural progression to attract investor-oriented clients. It was a conversation that I loved having with people. And as we scaled, I wanted to work with people who had that area of focus because that's just always been our clientele based on my love of real estate, our personal interest, and just looking at deals, analyzing properties and helping advise people on what to add to their own portfolios.
2: That's the advice that I give a lot of realtors. Focus on the investment community because you're dealing with people like us versus first-time home buyers. I can imagine my wife and I trying to Buy a house and arguing in front of the realtor. That's not what you want to deal with. You want to deal with professionals, smoother transactions.
1: Yeah, the nice thing about professional investors is they also are in the process of curating a portfolio. So there's more transactional volume to do with an investor as they buy more properties, sell more properties, and you get to build deeper relationships with clients who do business more often, which again is another perk of it. Is you get to really know your clients instead of selling somebody one house every six or seven years. We have a lot of clients who buy six or seven houses every single year.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. What percentage of your time goes into the real estate business versus the realty business?
1: I would say probably about 80% of my time is into the realty business. I'm a big believer in hiring quality property management. So the actual day-to-day management of and focus on managing our tenants, that's not really my responsibility. I more have a monthly check-in with our property managers to see how the properties at large are performing. And then depending on the property, I'll either pop by once a quarter or once every six months just to have a quick peek at it with my own eyes to make sure everything is in order. And then other than that, the day-to-day is delegated, which frees up my time to focus on growing the realty business. When there's a live deal right in front of me, that gets really time-consuming. All of a sudden, 80% of my time is spent on due diligence, raising capital if necessary, architecting the deal, working towards closing, getting it set up, building the business plan, et cetera, et cetera. But that's very deal specific. The rest of the time, it's mostly managed for me.
2: James, how did you find the 24 unit building?
1: That one was one of my colleagues who is a commercial mortgage broker, happened to know that the vendor was thinking about refinancing or was open to sale and just happened to say, hey, I make sure I share with everybody who's in the industry what my general criteria are and remind them, just friendly reminders once in a while, hey, if you see something in this area, I'd be interested. And sure enough, something in my target area came up and they thought of me and made the introduction and the deal just kind of moved from there.
2: When you say vendor, who does that refer to?
1: The person selling the building.
2: Okay, got it. Did you end up raising money for this property?
1: Yeah, we ended up raising a million dollars to buy this one.
2: And what was the purchase price of the property?
1: Three and a half million dollars, give or take a little bit.
2: So roughly 25%. Did you have some CapEx built in as well?
1: Yeah, there's closing costs, contingency fund, a couple of suites needed a refresh. So yeah, there was more than just the down payment in that million dollars.
2: And what's the game plan for this unit?
1: Right now, we plan on just renting it and letting it sit stable. It's a fairly stabilized building. We're really being patient about the value of the land and the use of the land kind of catching up and growing because of the new metro line. This particular building is about a 500-yard walk from the metro line, so it's very, very convenient access for people that live in the building to now have access to the rest of the city by way of the train. And that infrastructure is just going to drive density and value to the surrounding area. And we've got a great building with a lot of land that we can add density to. So at some point, it's going to make sense to either tear the building down and build something really big or potentially just add a second building to the piece of land in the open lot space. That's part
0: of the property. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com.
2: So you have to practice some patience if it's going to be a teardown. You can't over-improve the units.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the units are in fine shape. They're middle level units. They're not fancy, they're not luxurious. It's not a particularly new building. But it's by no means in rough shape or anything close to a teardown. So the units on
2: turnover,
1: cleaning carpets, replacing flooring, mending broken things from wear and tear, repainting, that sort of thing will be necessary to keep them in good shape to attract quality tenants. But in terms of a full overhaul, that's not really the game plan.
2: On the topic of patience, how many years do you plan on holding this asset?
1: I would say indefinitely. We may improve the asset by tearing down and building another building or adding another building to the lot, but it's in such a great location that it's really well situated to be a holding property. So the value that'll get added will be market appreciation as well as us building onto the property in one way or another. But even if we tear it down and build a brand new building... It'll still make a great holding property just by virtue of it being in such a great location.
2: How do you relay that to your investors, an indefinite hold?
1: With our investors in our unanimous shareholders agreement, we break the investment down into five-year terms. So at every five-year milestone, each investor has an opportunity to exit. So over time, we'll probably amalgamate where an investor will want to exit. So maybe another partner or ourselves will purchase out Their shares in the building at whatever present market value is. And slowly and steadily over time, whoever does want to just have it as a portfolio piece will stick around and whoever wants an exit will get an exit.
2: That's a great opportunity. So, will you have to get the property appraised every five years?
1: Yeah, that'll be part of if someone wants to exit. If nobody wants to exit, then there's no need. But we also kind of set those expectations when we're chatting with people saying, hey, you know what? We know. Life can change and priorities can change. So we want to make sure everybody has an exit opportunity that's in writing, in the contract, understood and agreed upon every five years. But our intention is to just hold this thing and have it build our net worth in the background. So have a mindset of not being in a rush to dispose of this asset because it is a really, really good asset to keep in the portfolio. But again, if people want to exit, we're happy to let them exit and have a plan on how to do that.
2: That's a great thing to have in that deal giving the investors the opportunity to exit if they need to. What's the return to investors projected?
1: The cap rate on the building was about 5.5%, which is about on par for the area. And then the mortgage that we got was a C-insured mortgage. So with interest rates being as low as they are, we got 1.4% interest. So in terms of principal reduction, we have a 20-year amortization. And with the interest rate being as low as it is, our monthly payment is actually more principal than interest, which is great. So it cash flows quite nicely. The principal paydown is pretty aggressive. And we didn't really factor equity appreciation in because that you're predicting and speculating. So if the market goes up, great. If it doesn't, great as well. But from just cash flow and mortgage paydown, we're in for the investors in 15 to 16% range. And then real estate tends to go up in value. That's what real estate markets do. So we've got a pessimistic, realistic, and optimistic projection for our investors on what equity growth could be. But just the ones that we're confident we're going to get, which will be cash flow and principal pay downs, that's what we're looking at.
2: That's great. What's next for you?
1: Well, the biggest project that we have in 2022 there's a city in Edmonton called Kelowna, which is kind of like a larger resort town about 400,000 people. It's the heart of our wine country. So it would kind of be like the Napa Valley of Canada. And it's the biggest city in the heart of that area. And we're going to be project marketing a luxury condominium building in that area. The developer is finalizing the floor plate, but it should be about 300 units. So that's going to be the thing that takes a ton of my time in terms of project-based work in 2022. And then we're always... Looking for awesome realtors to work with us. We're always growing the team. There is a natural life cycle where sometimes realtors work with us for a bit of time and want to go independent. So, growing and attracting quality agents to our organization is a big part of my role as the leader of the organization as well. And then, deals come across my desk all the time. So, everybody out there knows that I like A assets in great areas of town. I'd rather pay a little bit more for a great location than try to go into a Less desirable location to save some money. And those deals will pop up, and hopefully, I buy something for my own portfolio this year.
2: The 24 unit deal, was that the first time that you raised money?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. I've raised several million dollars for several deals over the years. So it's a pretty routine process at that point. Our marketing package, the verbiage, how we did the presentation what our unanimous shareholders agreement look like, et cetera, et cetera. That was all pretty dialed. So it's nice to have gone through it because I was just able to take the work that has been done on previous deals and then repurpose it and just change the address on the property and change the numbers in the spreadsheet and away we went.
2: How did you get started raising capital? If you can remember uh, back to your first deal.
1: Yeah, I didn't really know that raising capital was a way to buy real estate when I first started buying real estate, to be honest. And then I went to a couple of real estate investment clubs and conferences and seminars and just started learning and educating myself and reading books. And there isn't really a college or university level program about real estate investing. So a lot of it's just talking to investors, learning from the industry, taking courses that are held by private institutions and stumbled across the strategy of joint venturing and learned about what raising capital meant and thought, hey, you know what, I think I can do this. And started finding deals and pitching deals to people. And eventually somebody said yes.
2: Who were the people that you were pitching the deals to?
1: I was quite young at the time. So any adult that I knew through my previous job, my parents, friends, like my dentist, anybody that would give me the time of day to talk about real estate, I'd ask them if they'd be interested in talking about real estate. And got went through a lot of no's and a lot of disinterest, but there were people that were genuinely curious about the deals I was putting together. And those are the ones that I ended up doing business with.
2: So anybody and everybody.
1: Yeah. I kind of leveraged my youth. I knew that if I spun it the right way, it would be an asset. So I basically said, hey, I'm creating a new business plan and I want to get your feedback on it. I trust your opinion as an adult in my life who I hold in high regard. So can I show you my business plan and get your feedback? And I got all kinds of responses. I got people saying, this is crazy. I got people who gave me a lot of constructive feedback. And then I got a couple of people who said, hey, wait a second are you actually going to do this? And I'm, yeah, but this is what I want to do. And they said, well, I'd be interested in doing this. And sure enough, the feedback turned into interest.
2: Awesome. And you run a meetup. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, we run a meetup club. So Prior to COVID, it was an in-person event for about five years, and then we've been broadcasting it live online ever since. And we get investors and industry experts together to talk about all things pertaining to real estate investing. So we'll get people that have large portfolios talking about how they put together their portfolio. We'll get people who own property managers in to talk about how to manage tenants. We'll get people who do off-market deals to talk about how to do an off-market deal and all kinds of stuff. If it's a topic of interest for real estate investors, we'll put that topic out there with an industry leader. And then utilizing Zoom and the way that you can kind of have breakout rooms, we still facilitate online networking, but we're definitely looking forward to online events being
0: feasible again at some point. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year? Whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals, I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract and she partnered with two other deal maker mentoring students, and together they raised seven hundred thousand dollars. And Brian Briscoe, he said, thanks to deal maker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year, and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to six six eight six six. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J O E 266866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And Follow-Up Boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly. Directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors, and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The Follow Up Boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash ever and perfect your follow-up.
2: How is that help? your business, both the realty business and your real estate investing business?
1: That's a great question. It definitely adds a lot of legitimacy to our operation just to be in the position where we're collaborating with experts in the field and educating people in the network and community about real estate. It also attracts a lot of interested individuals. So people come to learn about real estate and we have the opportunity to put our best foot forward and earn the opportunity to work with them. And more often than not, people choose to work with us after getting to know us a little bit through what we're doing in events like the ones that we host.
2: What's a hard lesson that you've learned about investors or taking on investment money?
1: I would say in terms of taking on investors, not every person's suited to be the right partner. I think a lot of people are just so excited to do a deal when they start down the journey of real estate investing that any partner who has money they feel is is the good partner, let's go for it. But often the truth of the situation is that not every partner is qualified for your business plan. So it's just as important to ask a potential partner questions about what their exit strategy goals are and what their timeline is, what their expectations for communication are, what their expectations for return on investment are. Because if that person isn't a good fit for the way that you want to do business, it might not be a great business partnership and it'll turn into more difficulty than
2: benefit very quickly. Did you have an experience that taught you that? Was there a tough situation you dealt with?
1: I don't know about a tough situation. One of the things that we put into our unanimous shareholders agreement is what we call an early exit clause. So we have our five-year exit events, but we have the early exit clause that basically says if somebody wants to exit at a time that is not on that five-year milestone, they have the ability to sell their shares to another shareholder at a 20% discount to current market value. So that's kind of the cost of the inconvenience for somebody else having to come up with cash on short notice to exit somebody. So you get a bit of a deal for doing that. So we've had a couple of investors early exit, but to be able to buy out their portion of the property at a... 20% discount to current market value, that mitigated the inconvenience of having to come up with that capital on short notice.
2: What's an example of a deal that you lost money on and what was the lesson learned?
1: The only time we've ever really been burned is, is taking on too much leverage. So I find a lot of people will get excited about buying a property for as little money down as possible or no money down or some kind of creative financing in the background so that very little cash actually comes out of pocket and when those deals work out they're huge home runs because you basically create returns out of no cash whatsoever but the flip side of the coin is the more money you borrow the more your monthly payments are and if things don't go exactly precisely according to plan the monthly burn rate can very quickly swallow up a property and all of the investors in it so we've had a couple of deals where we went with some pretty extreme leverage with the concept of repositioning the property quickly and then refinancing and the market shifted. We weren't able to reposition in the way that we wanted. And we were caught holding the bag on some very high interest payments for loans that were only ever meant to be short-term. And those were money losers for sure, because the monthly expense just added up and added up.
2: Yeah. That's a great lesson because I think a lot of people will do their pro forma and they're like, awesome. So if I can raise the money, these are the returns that I can make. I don't know that everybody factors in interest payments to the investors.
1: Yeah. Or even just another example of that would be if you could buy a property at 30% down, 20% down, or 10% down, and you choose to borrow 90 from the bank and raise 10%, it puts those investors with 10% down at a much higher risk than raising 30% and borrowing 70 from the bank. So borrowed money is expensive. And Explain more- that
2: to me. It puts those investors at a higher risk. What does that mean?
1: Well, if you're borrowing 70% from the bank, the servicing cost is lower than if you borrow 90% from the bank. So it's riskier to have higher cost of debt service. So if the investors or equity partners putting in the 10%, sure, their projected return on investment might be higher because they're putting in less money as an investment. But the risk is higher because there's higher debt servicing and so there's less margin for error. So even if a property looks like it might break even or cash flow on paper, more interest payments always mean more risk. If there's a vacancy or a suite gets damaged and so there's a cost of repairing the suite and the vacancy associated with it or whatever.
2: Yeah, and again, great point that reiterates when you do your pro forma, make sure you add in those high returns to your limited partners. Exactly. James, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Being patient.
1: Good deals often require fast action, but if you're in the market and you're not entirely confident with a deal, another deal will probably come up. So it's important to have a certain degree of confidence. And if something doesn't feel right and you pass on it, that's okay. But don't let that be the reason that you stop investing altogether. There's always going to be another deal, but if you don't take action, you're never going to get any deal.
2: James, are you ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: Let's do it. I love a lightning round.
2: James, what's the best ever book you recently read?
1: I just read Traction. That was a great book. It's a book about how to systematize your business more efficiently. So really enjoyed that one.
2: What's the best ever way you like to give back?
1: I really like to give back in terms of time. So if there's newer investors, young entrepreneurs that want to go grab lunch, have coffee, pick my brain, I'm very open to spending time with people, sharing with them with whatever I can.
2: James, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you?
1: The best way to get a hold of me is just send me a quick email. It's james dot com.
2: James, thank you again for sharing your story from single family homes to getting your real estate license, building a real estate investing business, growing your realty business, and now syndicating deals. So thank you again.
1: It's been my distinct pleasure. And for everybody listening, I hope 2022 is your best year as well.
2: Awesome. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.